Hey, welcome to Home Church Podcast. It is a good day to have a good day. I'm Pastor Jerry Kuhn, and I want to say thank you so much for joining us today. My hope is that you will respond to the Holy Spirit as he speaks to you in and through this message today. And I believe that he will draw you into a closer relationship with Jesus Christ, where you are passionate about loving God, doing good, and being a friend. I hope that you enjoy the message today. show up on time. That just drives me insane. And if you have been around me, um, uh, I, I, that's one of the things that I just can't stand. Lazy people drive me crazy. I don't get it. I mean, um, this doesn't, doesn't get me. So um, I brought this balloon in here today because we were talking about following Jesus and, and being hated by the world today. And, and I want you to know that I went into your students today and I said, I grabbed this balloon, walked in front of them. I said, man, what color is this balloon? And they all said, I picked one kid out, Keegan. And I said, Keegan, what color is this balloon? He said, it's red. And I said, it looks blue. He goes, it's red. <laughs> and I went to another kid and I said, hey, what color is this balloon? Isn't it blue? And they were like, no, it's red. And then I went to another kid and I said, hey, look at this balloon. Isn't it blue? And he goes, yeah, it's blue. And then I went to another one. I'm serious. Don't listen to me. I am being dead serious. You're kids. All right? And I was like, hey, um, what color is this balloon? Isn't it blue? And they're like, no, it's red. I was like, you sure it's not blue? Went to the next kid. Is it blue? It's blue. It's blue. It really is blue. She looked over to the next person and goes, that balloon is blue. And she was so convinced that it was blue. And finally, at the end of five minutes, I convinced the whole class, your kids, your kids, this balloon was blue. And then I thought to myself, listen, I, I, I'm, I'm, there's a reason for this. I thought to myself, oh my goodness, at that age, you know why people volunteer to go back there and work with our kids? Because we want to reach them before we have to rescue them. They, their lives are so pliable that I was able to convince them that this balloon was blue. In the world that you live in today, you know what the world's trying to convince you and I today? That this balloon is blue. They're trying to convince you and I today that what is right is wrong, and what is wrong is right. Now, I know it, what they're doing is taking a balloon, and they're trying to change the color of it, but I'm telling you, they are trying to change the morality of you, the church. They're trying to change the morality. Now, you say, well, Pastor, how does that fit in to your message today? I'll tell you how that fits in today. Because you will take a stand and be bold and say, you know what? That balloon is red. I don't care what you say it is. It is red. It is right, or that is wrong. According to God's word, you're going to be hated because you see red and they see blue. Now listen, I just thought just a moment there just came to me. This is not a uh, politics, all right? It's not red and blue, all right? All right? That's not what I meant by that, all right? All right, nothing to do with politics at all. I'm just saying, that balloon is red. All right, let's move on. I want you to look at Mark chapter 13, verse 13 this morning. I want you to hear what is being said to his disciples. Jesus is with his disciples. It's already getting time for, uh, for um, um, Jesus to be crucified and things are changing. And all of a sudden, Mark chapter three, 13, verse 13 says this. Jesus looks at his disciples and says this, And you will be hated by all for my name's sake. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. I want you to hear what Jesus is saying to his disciples. He said this, he said, and you will be hated by all. Not because you are domineering, not because you're unreliable, not be 
because of any of those characteristic traits that we talked about today. He said, you will be hated because of my namesake. Because you walk around professing that that balloon is red and everybody else is trying to change your mind and say it's blue. Because of that, because you stand for my name and you stand for my word, you will be hated by all. And then I, I love it because he's talking to the disciples on the Passover and he asks these questions to his disciples. And listen, that question, that, that statement right there from Jesus to his disciples is taking place during the Passover and he asks this question as they're sitting around the table. I can only imagine how that conversation went. Jesus is with his disciples. He's talking. It's down to earth. And he says this. He says this. He said, when I sent you out without money, a money bag, when I sent you without um, sandals, did you lack anything? That's the question he asked his disciples. He said, I sent you out. I went, sent you out on this missionary trip without any money, without anything. Did you lack anything? And the disciples, he was recalling this short missionary, if you read your Bible, missionary tours that the men had taken. Twice in the book of Luke, in his gospel, we find that the Lord sent them out to all the villages in, in Israel to reach, to preach the gospel to the sick to heal the sick and to cast out the devils. They came back from the missionary, and this is what they had to say. They said, even the devils are subject to us in his name. They said, hey, after this missionary trip, they were so amazed, overwhelming, how God took care of them and how people were so nice to them and how they took care of them. That he was like, hey, listen, God, your power that worked through us, even the devils were subject to your name only. You didn't even have to be there. In your name only, they were subject to it. And all of a sudden, I got to tell you this, that all of a sudden, Jesus was preparing them about, in those questions, about what was about to take place. He was about to go to the cross. And so he was preparing them. And he said, you no longer will be loved, but you're actually going to be hated. Remember Mark chapter 13, verse 13, he said, you're going to be hated by all. He's preparing them. He's like, man, I know that that trip was amazing and pe people took you in. They fed you. They gave you a place to, uh, to dwell, but that's no longer going to happen for you. You're no longer going to be liked or loved. You're actually going to be hated now. You're no longer going to be given a king's welcome when you come into the town. You're actually going to be given a uh, bomb's rush. Doors will be slammed in your faces. Dogs will sick you. Um, they will ignore you. They will laugh at you and they will run you out of town. You will not be welcome like you were the last two times. And from now on, you will take care of yourselves. And this is what Jesus is saying to his disciples. And I wish I was there because he was like, man, you, if you got any money, you better take it with you because you're going to need it. No one's going to give you money. No one's going to take care of you. If, if you want lunch for yourself, nobody's going to prepare you lunch. So son, you better make you a bag and you better take it with you. He goes on and he says, listen, the cops are not going to take care of you when you go into the cities. They're not worried about you anymore. And so if you want to sleep safely at night, if you want to have a night, a good night's sleep, then son, you better buy you a sword and you need to learn how to use it because that's the only way you're going to feel safe. Could you see how it shifted from the two times they went into uh, all of those villages where they came back going, man, it was so amazing. People welcomed us into their house. They fed us. They took care of us. We felt safe among them. And Jesus said, it's about to change, boys. You went from being loved to being hated. And I have to ask this question, what changed? What's changed so quickly that Jesus is now preparing them and says, listen, you were loved, but now you're hated. 
What changed so quickly? And then I have to realize this morning that what happened, what changed, was the disciples are going to go from the most honored and loved men in Israel to the most despised and hated in a single night, it seemed like. The most honored men in Israel. And it was like, what happened? Is when Jesus was not what they expected him to be. That's what happened. All the religious people expected Jesus to be this Messiah, and he was going to take over, he's going to build his kingdom right here on earth, and all of a sudden, Jesus did not turn out to be what they expected. And because Jesus didn't turn out to be what he ex- they expected, they hated Jesus. Now, can I just make this practical for you and I? Isn't it crazy that when we don't become what people think we're supposed to be, they hate us? And that's just practical. That's how we live among each other. It seems like when we're not what people think we should be or how we should act or whatever, they hate us for that in our relationships. But Jesus is telling them, hey, listen, the reason why that changed so quickly is because they hate me because I'm not exactly what they thought I would be. I didn't do exactly what they thought I would do. And because of that, they absolutely hate me. And because they hate me, they're going to hate you. And I realized this morning that that was then. And I know it's not now, but it's still the same. I know that was then, and this is now, but it's still the same. When Jesus' words benefits us, when we look at his word and it benefits us, guess what? We are in love with Jesus. But when his word doesn't benefit us, guess what? And it condemns us and it challenges us, we are not as in love with him as we thought we were. It's exactly the same. I know it's thousands of years in between the two situations, but we find that it still happens is that all of a sudden when the word condemns us, we don't like it as much, but when it benefits us, we love it so much. When Jesus is no longer what the world wants him to be, they reject him. And those who are connected to him will be rejected as well. My friend this morning, you and I today, we are hated by the world. Those who are truly walking according to his word and standing firm and saying, this balloon is red and it's not blue. This balloon is round and it's not square. His word is true and there is no compromise to be taking place. Those people will be hated. Will be hated. Why? Because we're not fitting in the box they want us to fit in. And we're not today compromising with them. And because we don't compromise with them, we're not being what they want us to be and they will hate us for that why was the lord so hated some people hated him because they uh, it wasn't because he was hateful it wasn't because he was selfish it wasn't because he was mean they didn't hate god because he was stingy he wasn't arrogant they didn't hate jesus for that as well not at all jesus didn't have any of those personality traits you see he was the most selfless man ever lived he took on the salvation of all of us as sinners today over his own life. Is that selfless? Is that selfish? Absolutely not. You see, he, was, he wasn't mean. He wasn't mean at all. He took the vicious slander of everyone and said nothing in return. He wasn't mean. I mean, was he stingy? I mean, when he was even poor himself, he gave all of his money to the poor and his time to everyone. Was he stingy with his time? Absolutely not. Was he stingy with his money? Absolutely not. Jesus didn't have any of those characteristics at all. He wasn't hated because of a characteristic. He was hated because he was God. He was hated because he did not fit the form that they expected. He didn't come in the box that they wanted. And he was hated this morning. The Lord was not an hateful man. The prophet said he was hated without a cause. 
Pontius Pilate said he was hated without a cause. He felt no fault in him at all. Judas Iscariot agreed. And he also said, I have betrayed innocent blood. Judas himself, for 30 pieces, betrayed Jesus. And he said, I have betrayed innocent blood. There's nothing, nothing wrong with Jesus. The satirian himself felt it. He said, truly, this was a righteous man. There at the cross as he was dying. Truly, this was a righteous man this morning. The Lord was not hated because he was a bad man, but because he was a good man. <laughs> Jesus now was not hated because he was a bad man. He was hated because he was a, a good man. And this is the judgment. John chapter 3 verse 19 says this. It says this. It says, and this is the judgment. The light has come into the world, Jesus. And people love the darkness rather than the light because their works were evil. I told you over and over that um, the Pharisees and the scribes, they didn't hate God. They had no problem with God. They had a problem with Jesus. Jesus was their problem, not God. They were religious people. They loved God. They just didn't understand how Jesus came the way he came and why he came. And so they just didn't understand he was hated. If the world hated holiness in Christ, listen to this to me. I need you to hear this. Write this down. If the world at that time hated holiness in Christ, they're going to hate the holiness that's in you. If they hated Christ because of his righteousness, they're going to hate you because of it as well. Because of your right standard. Christians are hated all over the world. Have you seen lately, the last five years, I don't know if you realize this or not, but in the last five years we have heard and we have seen of persecutions all of Christians all over our world. In the last five years it has risen in countries like Iran and Iraq and China and North Africa and North Korea and Russia and Indonesia. We find that our, the Christians are being persecuted for their faith daily. Why? Because they're they are hated for Christ's sake. They're perhaps are not hated because of a characteristic. They are hated because of Christ. And did you know that Christianity is the most harassed? You may know this by now. But Christianity is the most harassed or hated religious group in our world. And even in America. In America which was founded on godly principles in America, we find that even in politics, it continues to be debated. Even in politics, Christianity is the most hated religion. I got to tell you today, when you make a decision to follow Jesus, you're going to be hated. And it's okay. It's okay to stand up for the word of God and take upon your shoulders because I believe that God is going to be able to strengthen you and he's going to be able to protect your heart and your mind today and he's going to be able to give you the power to stand when you have to stand the most when you say this balloon is red and it's not blue. This balloon is round and it's not square. God's word is holy and it doesn't change. And what he has told us to do, we will, we will do and I know for some of you, when I said that America is, we find that Christianity is the most hated religious group. Some of you go like, ah, not in America. In America. Let that sink in. In America, where you live, it is hated. Uh, A.W. Tozier said this. It says, to be right with God is often meant to be in trouble with men. 
Think about that. Let that sink in. A.W. Tozier, a, a tremendous man of God, made a statement that often when you are right with God, it means that you're probably going to be in trouble with men because they don't like what God stands for. And because they already hate God, they're going to hate you as well. Here's point number one. I'm going to give you four, seven points, seven truths today. I'm going to give you three. We're going to move quickly. I know it's 1122. I'm going to give you four of them, four of them that um, I want you to know biblically. When I, when I say biblically, I'm going, to, I'm going to give you every scripture, not every scripture, lots of scripture today on these topics, four of them. And then on the last three, I want to give you that, something that has been resonating with me all week that God has given me that I want to share with you. It's a story. It may be my opinion to some degree based on and backed up with scripture, but it is something that God deposited within me. So I want you to know four things that I'm going to biblically show you that you are hated, and then three things that I want to share with you that God laid in my spirit. Here's the first one. One is you're hated because you're not a part of the world. You're hated today. The decision that you make to follow Jesus, that you say, I am a follower of Jesus. I have made a decision, and that decision, I'm going to have to lie in that bed. That's what we learned last week, and that's going to be okay, because as long as I'm lying in bed with Jesus, I'm fine. It's going to be all right. That decision, like Joshua said, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Best decision. The decision that Peter said and all the other disciples to leave their boats to follow Jesus was the best decision. And I will live with any other consequences that come along with that. When we make that decision to follow him, we become hated. And we become hated because we're not a part of the world. John chapter 15 verse 19 tells us this. It says, if you were of the world, the world, if you were of the world, the world would love you as its own. If you were of the world, the world would love you as its own. But because you are not of the world, but I had chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. I want you to look at 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. Remember, here's the thought. This is biblical thought. You're hated because you're not of the world. First Peter chapter 2 verse 9 says, but you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession. You may, you, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into you, the marvelous light. That's you today. And because you're not of the world, you will be hated. James chapter 4 verse 4 says, you adulterous people, do you not know that the friendship with the world, with his enemy with God, Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. I want to share with you today that when you make a decision to follow God, when I follow Jesus, you will be hated because all of a sudden there is this change that happens within you. And when change happens, challenge comes, and you say, you know what, I'm no longer going to live in the world. I'm going to be a part of the world, of the world, but I'm, not gonna, I'm living in the world, but I'm not of the world. I'm going to separate myself from the world. When you make that decision, I promise you, you will be hated today. Here's the second thing. You're hated because you follow Jesus. Following Jesus separates you from the world. Listen to this real quick. John chapter 15, verse 18 says, If the world hates you, know that it, is, it has hated me. Listen to Jesus said this. He said, If the world hates you, Know that it has hated me before it hated you. Someone encouraged today, hey, Jesus been hated before I was hated. It's going to be all right. You are hated today because you follow Jesus. Matthew chapter 10 verse 22 says this, And you will be hated by all for my name's sake, 
but the one who endures to the end will be, will be saved. Matthew chapter 24, verse 9 says this, Then they will deliver you up to tribulation and put you to death, and you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. Those who follow Jesus will be hated. Here's number three. I told you it's going to be quick. You're like, I know, a minute ago you said seven points. Oh my gosh. Point number three. You're hated because you're the light. You're the light. I want you to look at this. John chapter 3, verse 19 through 21 says, in this, And this is a judgment. The light has come into the world, and the people love the darkness rather than the light because their works were evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come to the light, lest, the light, lest his works should be exposed. But whoever does what is true comes to the light so that it may be clearly seen that his works have been carried out in, in God. You're hated today because you are the light. You are. You're of the light. Matthew chapter 5 verse 14 through 15 says this. You are the light of the world. A city set on the hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp under, uh, and put it under a basket, but on a stand and gives light to all that is in the house. I, I love it because you are hated today because you are the light. You are a light you are the light of this world today don't you ever forget that how is the world going to be changed without you they need to see something different listen i was talking to someone the other day and it was so funny it was i guess it was tuesday and uh, we were in the community and he's like hey can i ask you a question what's so different about your church and i was like i don't know I don't think there's anything different about us. I just think it's people that love Jesus are coming together and we just want to be a light into our community. We want to change our community one soul at a time. And he looked at me and he goes, oh, really, one soul at a time? And I said, absolutely. We want to reach our family. We want to reach their children. We want to reach our community. We want to be a help to our community. We want to say hey to our teachers, to those who are working in our community. Hey, we're, we got your back. We're praying for you. And we're here for you. We're going to do it one soul at a time. And he said, all right. And I just all it was. What's so different about your church? There's nothing different. We all, in this community, there's great churches that love Jesus and they're doing their best to reach one soul at a time. We're just people here that said, you know what? We're going to do the same thing. We're going to do the same thing. It just may look a little different. We may act a little bit different. There may be some people that's really bubbly. <laughs> and some people that are not so bubbly. There may be some of us that seem arrogant at times, but you may have not got to know us yet. There may be some of us that seem really quiet, but you really haven't got to know them yet. Um, but I think all together, we're going to do this as one body, a light in our city. Um, here's number four. You're hated because you know the truth. There are churches, our churches are hated today because of the truth that they preach. Let me, let me make that statement again. There are churches today that are hated because they preach the truth. Pastors today that are hated because they stand behind a pulpit or they stand on a stage and they preach the truth. You will be hated too today because you know 
the truth. Romans chapter 1 verse 18 says this, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. The world is trying to suppress the truth. They're trying to make what's right wrong and what's wrong right. They, they don't like or they hate those who stand for the truth. Amos chapter 5 verse 10 says, They hate him who reproves at the gate, and they abhor him who speaks the truth. Galatians chapter 4 verse 6, 16 says this, Have I then become your enemy by telling you the truth? I think today that there are, there is a way, and please understand this, there is a way that you and I today, today can share the truth and not be hated. To some degree, there is. I think we can present the gospel in a way that people can uh, receive it. I really believe that. I believe that we can live a life. You know how we could do that? One is that what we preach and what we live are the same thing. Uh, I think that helps. It helps a lot that what you're saying and what you're living lines up. But the truth is today, I think this is an approach. I think God has gifted me with that. I really do. And that's not, now you're being arrogant, and I hate you for that. No, I just really believe that God's given me a gift. I, I really see every one of us in this room today as potential, God potentials. And God, is, God is working on all of us, and I'm thankful for that. I can, I can minister to the Pauls out there. You know Paul who said, I'm the chiefest of all sinners? I can minister to them. I can eat lunch with them. I could talk with them. And perhaps the people will say to me or about me like they did to Jesus. Well, he, he eats with the sinners. Well, that's all right. Call me a friend of a sinner. I'm good with that. And hate me if you want because I'm going to share the truth. And I'm going to love on you doing it at the same time. Here's the last thing. I want to tell you a story. Um, I want to take you to Daniel. So turn your Bibles with me. We're going to go here. And this is what I want to share with you that God really um, impressed upon me. I want to give you these truths, biblical-based truths, and I want to give you something that God just really laid on me. Can I do that? And I want to do it quickly because I know that it's 1132. Point number five. The world will hate you because they can't change you. I, uh, Keegan, I I'm sorry if I don't know, um, Raise your hand if Keegan is your boy. Ah, oh, Zach and them. All right, that's awesome. I could not. Yes, what does that mean? Oh, Zach. I don't know. Um, it took me the whole five minutes to convince Keegan that this was red. He was, I mean, certain that this was, I mean, I convinced him that it was blue. He was certain that it was red, and I wasn't going to change his mind. And at the very end, I went right back to him, and I said, Keegan, is this red or is blue? And he goes, he rolled his eyes at me and he goes, it's blue. <laughs> it was funny. He was like, I know what you want to hear. It's blue. <laughs> I finally convinced him. He wasn't convinced. He just compromised with me. Oh, you just heard it, didn't you? I just, he just compromised with me. I didn't convince him. Now, there was some. Kate was convinced it was blue. I think she likes me. She was like, it's blue. It's blue. I know it's blue. She was just convinced it was blue. But Keegan, he compromised with me. He wasn't convinced. And I think today, listen, when the world can't change you, 
you won't compromise with them, they're going to hate you. Let me, let me share this in the story of Daniel. Maybe you know Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, but let me give you the story real quickly in this. They could not change these four men. They couldn't change them. By all means, they couldn't change it. And because they couldn't change them, they were hated even more because they couldn't change him. Look at this. Daniel chapter 1, verse 5 through 9. We'll try to get the gist. Most of you guys know that the children of Israel is in captivity at this point, in Babylon captivity. They are there because of they, they kept disobeying God. And because they kept disobeying God, they found themselves in captivity, just like God warned them and told them it would happen. And they're there. And all of a sudden, they begin to say, hey, what we want to do is take all the educated men, and we want to place them and we want to teach them and we want to educate them. What we want to do is we want to change them. We're going to change their names and we're going to change their diet. What we are going to do is break them down and change them. Now look at this. I want you to tell the story. Verse 5 says, And the king assigned them a daily portion of food that the king ate and of wine that he drank. And they were to be educated for three years. And at the end of that time, they were to stand before the king. And among these were Daniel Hananiah and Michelle, um, Azariah, and of the tribe of Judah. And, and the chief of the eunuchs gave them names. Listen, he began to try to change them. And Daniel, he called Belshar. Hananiah, he called Shadrach. Michelle, he called um, Meshach. And Azariah, he called Abednego. But Daniel, listen to this. Daniel resolved that he would not defile himself with the king's food. Or with the wine that he drank. Therefore he asked the chief of the eunuchs to allow him not to defile himself. And, gave, and God gave Daniel favor and compassion in the sight of the chief of the eunuchs. Now i got to share with you today that all of a sudden they begin to change their name. And I wonder if Daniel was like, hey listen, you can call me what you want to call me. Just don't call me late for dinner. You can, you can see me however you want to see me. But I know who I am. You may call me... Hananiah, you may call me Shadrach, you may call me Meshach, you may call me Abednego, but I know who I am. That doesn't change what happens inside. But all of a sudden, they begin to say, hey, listen, we want to change the way you eat. Well, for them, that was not a no-go. Because that right there, my friend, went and went against God. And they were like, absolutely, you're not changing the way we eat. You can't change us. You will not break us down. And I love it because Daniel was like, listen, I have made a resolve. I have purposed in my heart that you will not change me. I am dead fast, dead fast. I am set on not changing. You're not going to change me. And all of a sudden, God gave him favor. and He didn't have to eat of the food. I got to tell you today, if the world cannot change you, they will hate you. That's what they want to do. Can I just be honest with you? They're going to try to convince you that this balloon is red. And even though they can't convince you, they'll try to get you to compromise. Well, maybe it's purple. Oh, yeah, I see purple. It's not blue. It's not red. It's purple. And they compromise. And can I tell you today, I'm, I am staring you right in the eye and saying, do not compromise. Do not change what God has set before you, what God has told you, do not change. I know you'll be hated. I know that no one may like where you stand on God's word or on some subjects that our world are, are trying to change God's word to accommodate their lifestyle. I know that it may be difficult. 
I know you may be the only one in your college class that stands up and say, no, that's wrong. According to God's word, that's wrong. You may be the only one in your family that will stand up in bold and say, no, that's wrong. You may be the only one at your work site that stands up and says, no, that's wrong. You can't change me. And you may be hated. You will be hated because they, you will not compromise and you will not change. And it's okay. Here's the second thing that I really felt like the Lord spoke to me today for you, is the world will hate you when they can't control you. The most challenging group of people are those who said, you know what, you can't control me. You can't control me. You may have convinced everybody else that that balloon is blue, but you ain't convincing me, you're not changing me, you're not changing what I think about God's word, and you can't control me. And I want you to look at the story because when you look at Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and Daniel, you find that these were men that they couldn't control. Again, what happened in this third year was that King Nebuchadnezzar builds this image. He loves it. He's like, wow, that's nice. And I want everybody to bow down. When they hear all the music, I want them to bow down. You know what that was? That was called control. I want to control everybody by just setting up this image and playing the music because when the music plays, I want everybody to dance like I want them to dance. I want them to bow down to me. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and Daniel would not bow down. They wasn't going to be controlled. And when, you cannot, when the world cannot control you, they will hate you. You will be hated. You don't have to give them any other, other reasons to be hated. All right? You don't have to be hateful because they hate you. You, just, you keep loving on them. You keep smiling. You keep letting the joy of the Lord show through you. But they will hate you because they can't control you. And I want you to look at this. Daniel chapter 3 verse 18 through 13. Uh, 8 through 13 says this. Therefore, at the time of the certain Chattelines came. I want you to look at this. Came forward and um, malishly accused the Jews, and, de and, and they declared to the king Nebuchadnezzar, O king, live forever. Oh, these guys, are, they're horrible. You, you, O king, have made a decree that every man who hears the sound of the horn, the pipe, the lyre, the trigon, uh, the harp, the, bag, the bagpipe, and every kinds of music shall fall down and worship the golden image. And whoever does not fall down, he says, and worship shall be cast into the burning, fiery furnace. And there are certain Jews... Whom you have appointed. Listen to the hate, man. He was like, man, I can't believe you put them up there. You've appointed over the affairs of the province of Babylon. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These men, O king, pay no attention to you. They do not serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up. Can anybody see hate there? They're, they're jealous, and jealousy is breeding hatred. They're, they're hating on these three men. And then, then Nebuchadnezzar, in fierce rage, commanded that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to be brought into his presence. So they brought these men before the king. Skip to verse 16. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered to the king, because you've got to understand the story. All, right, all of a sudden, Shad, uh, King Nebuchadnezzar goes, Boys, is this true? Did you really didn't bow down? I mean, tell me. I like you. We're friends. You've been governing my kingdom. Please tell me you bowed down. And they were like, this is what they answered. 
Verse 16 says, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to, to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have, we have no need to answer you in this matter. If this be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. But if not, be it known to you, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up. At that moment, you know what they said? You cannot control me. He said, hey, I want you to know, I'm going to give you a second chance. We're going to play the music. Are you ready, boys? Because when the music plays, I want you to bow down to my golden image. I want you to surrender. I want you to compromise. I want to control you. And they said, listen, we don't really have to answer that. You should know us by now. You tried to change the way we eat. We wouldn't accept that. We have a resolve, a strong resolve. We will serve God Almighty. And that's not going to change. And then we just simply said, hey, listen, we, whatever you decide, you throw us in the burning fire furnace, we believe that God can and he will take good care of us. But if he doesn't, we still serve him. We will not serve your God. Again, a great moment where we say, they can't be controlled. God controls them. That's who they're being controlled by, but not of this world. And when the world cannot control you, they will hate you today. And I mean, as I was working this this week, and as I was just doing some floor and pray, my knees hurt so bad I've been on my knees. I wish I could say it was because I've been praying all week, but uh, I was laying flooring, and God was speaking to me, and I'm, I, the story just came alive to me, and how all of a sudden this king tried to control him, but they could not be controlled. And the reason why they couldn't be controlled is because of the resolve. I need you to see that. The resolve. I have made a decision. You will not change me. We will serve God. Here's the last one today. The world will hate you because they, can't, they cannot destroy you. The world will hate you because they cannot destroy you. And I, Daniel chapter 3 verse 22, 25 explains this and paints this picture. 22 says, because the king's order was urgent, the furnace overheated, and the flame of the fire killed those men who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Abednego, not goat. Abednego. And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell bound into the burning fiery furnace. Then King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished and rose up in haste, and he declared to his counselors, did we not cast three men bound? They were bound into the fire. And they answered and said to the king, true, O king. And he answered and said, but I see four men and they're unbound walking in the midst of the fire and they are not hurt and the appearance of the fourth is like the son of God. I want to tell you today that moment that any of us in this room have made the decision to follow Jesus, you will be hated. And they will hate you, not because you're arrogant, not because you're, you, have, um, you deal with being pessimistic. They're not going to hate you because you're really bubbly. They're not going to hate you because um, whatever personality trait that you may have that rubs someone the wrong way. They may hate you for that too, but they're going to hate you because you love Jesus. They're going to hate you because you have a strong resolve that says, I'm going to serve Jesus. He is my king, 
And he is my savior. And because of that and what he has done for me, I'm going to stand on that. And I look at this, and, and if you know the story, you know that the king's heart changes. And he sends out a decree, and he changes the nation because of these three men. But I, I just wanted to know, what about those men at the beginning of the story? You know, the men that came to Nebuchadnezzar and said, there's these certain Jews that you put over. Do you think their hearts changed? Or do you think they just hated them more? I think you're right. I think they just hated them more. I think they hate it because they didn't burn up in the fiery furnace. And they hate it because their decision to stand for what was right changed the king. And I'm going to tell you today, you standing for what is right, it may not change everybody's opinion, but it will change some. It will make a difference. And I got to tell you today, you may have people still hate you. You will have people still hate you. Because they can't control you, they can't change you, because perhaps this morning they can't destroy you. But I want you to know you will make a difference. I, I guess when I was preparing and studying for this and God was laying this picture, this story on my heart, I think he painted it for me in my natural realm as well not just the spiritual realm i'm speaking to you from a spiritual standpoint you're spiritual man but i gotta tell you in your natural man you you too will be hated by someone because they can't change you <laughs> you will be hated this morning not only because they cannot change you is because they cannot control you and they will hate you because they can't destroy you and i think that that's what god really was speaking to me this week because I think I felt hated in my natural being, not just in my spiritual being. And God said, it's going to be all right because they hate you because they can't change you. They hate you because they cannot control you. And they hate you because they can't destroy you. And it says, it's going to be all right. But I know that spiritually today, we'll always be hated. We'll be hated because we stand for the truth. But it's the best decision that all of us will make is to serve and follow Jesus. Would you stand today? Musicians, would you come? I make a resolve today. I follow, I follow Jesus. I follow Jesus. Wherever he goes, I go. Whatever he does, I do. And I want to follow Jesus today. This balloon, it is red. It is not blue. I'm sorry if your kid comes home and go, man, Pastor Jerry came back there and showed us a balloon that was red, but he said it was blue. He may have some problems. <laughs> he needs to go to the doctor now. But I wanted to make a point to you today that the world is going to hate you because you will not compromise. They cannot change you. They cannot control you. And they cannot destroy you. Put that in your spirit today. You know why they can't do those things to you? Because of the power that lives within inside of you. Remember what Paul said? I want to know him and I want to know the power that raised him from the dead. That power lives inside of you. And because that power lives inside of you, you will not be changed. 
you determine I will not change, I will not compromise. They will not control me, and they will not destroy me. Amen? Let's give the Lord a hand of praise this morning. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed this podcast and would like to hear more messages or find our service time, you can visit us at our website, homechurchtecumsa.com, for more information. And thank you again, and until next time, love God, do good, and be a friend. Be blessed.